Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, I'm your host Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. I want to welcome all of you coming over from Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis. Thank you for staying with us on Ground Zero Radio here on The Secret Teachings. We have, as always, a thought-provoking show for you tonight. If you're listening in the free archive, thank you so much for listening, because when you listen for free or download the show for free, we get paid for that. And of course, if you're a subscriber, a special thanks, because you directly support us and keep us on air. Not only the secret teachings, but also Ground Zero and Aftermath.media, where you can go to become a premium subscriber to get my show and Clyde's show all together in the same package, aftermath.media, or if you're already a subscriber, you can, of course, resubscribe at thesecretteachings.info. Last night, we talked about moral licensing. I called the show Moral Licensing a Death Cult because this is what moral licensing gives people the authority and the power to do. Act in immoral, unsocial, uncivil, unethical, and often illegal ways. But those actions are justified because you have the moral license to do something because you have a rainbow flag or because you say you like insert this group of people, etc., etc., etc. We also talked last night about a recent study in PLOS1 that found the best way to combat conspiracy theories, which they define as pretty much anything found outside of mainstream narratives, the best way to combat those conspiracy theories, according to the researchers, was to train people to critically analyze information, i.e. train them to think a certain way, and not to question big banks or big corporations or big biotech or big pharmaceutical companies. And in such a short time, Movements against all of the former have been turned into advocacy groups for digital currency. No more anti-big banks. The anti-capitalist movements have shifted and gotten people to think big banks are so evil and so bad, the best solution to the big banks is to advocate for a digital currency. People that don't like big corporations because of their anti-capitalist views have helped those companies through their political zealotry, to make record profits by shutting down competition. People that don't like big biotechnology companies, hands off our food, hell no GMO, now are some of the biggest advocates for genetically modified foods and genetically modified humans to save the world from climate change and to save you from yourself and, of course, from others who could potentially get you sick. Because, of course, breathing spreads SARS-CoV-2. Breathing spreads CO2. One is a beta test for the other. I'll let you figure out which is which. And of course, the people that are opposed to big pharmaceutical companies, right? The crunchy, hippie people that want to purify their water and eat clean. I'm guilty of that. Suddenly, a lot of us have found ourselves pretty alone in this regard because a lot of the same people that I used to be friends with and Felt this way about big pharmaceutical companies, like I'd prefer not to take a Tylenol. I'll see if the pain goes away. My body's trying to get rid of the 
snot, trying to get rid of, uh, you know, whatever's in my body. That's why I'm sneezing. That's why I have a headache. I don't need to take a drug every time I feel weird. It might have just been some pollen in the air. I don't know what it was, but I probably don't need to take a drug every time. Those kinds of people have seemed to have evaporated, and now they seem to support instead the big pharmaceutical companies. Because if you don't support the big pharmaceutical companies who terrorize people with paid for newscasts and threaten you over your health, then you're a terrorist and you want your grandma to die. Of course, that's what the media has told us for the last three and a half to four years. Now, to support such things gives an individual social clout and social credit. I said this last night, and it thus provides them with warranted moral licensing that allows immoral, unethical, and even illegal behaviors to be justified in the name of hiding behind nice-sounding promises or perceived marginalized groups of people who are obviously too weak to take care of themselves. Now, these morally superior, egocentric, self-centered, and dangerous people suffer from the dark triad of personality traits. At the very least, they suffer from what we would certainly justify in calling, I don't know, demonic-like possession, rabid, zealots, and ideologues who are unable to cope with reality. Because it's just too much to deal with. So if they swim close enough to the big shark, the big shark won't eat them. And I think that's really what it's all about. But taking what we learned last night, morally licensing the death cult, we can apply that to tonight's show. Now I want to tell you where tonight's show came from. Uh, My son Fox, who I don't get to spend time with, I won't mince words, I don't get to spend time with him, I don't really get to see him, uh, certainly not in person, Uh, His mom admitted that she used me. Uh, I was basically a sperm donation. She lied to me, told me she was going to marry me. We were engaged, etc. She's a liar. And uh, I wouldn't have an issue with my son hearing that because she's a liar. And that's the truth. And I'm all about speaking precisely what happened, speaking whatever the truth is. And uh, I don't get to see my son. Very sad. But it was just his birthday, his fourth birthday. And uh, he likes dinosaurs. I sent him a dinosaur book. I don't know if she even gave it to him because she's hid hid and destroyed letters I've sent him, like little postcards. I know she never kept those, so I know that for a fact. So I sent him this little dinosaur book because he likes dinosaurs. It was my book when I was a kid. I'm just being raw with you here. And uh, didn't really get to see him for more than a few weeks. I did one video call with him, 10, 15 minutes. He wanted to show me things, and she had to go, so I couldn't see him. Uh, because, you know, men are totally evil. It's always the man's fault. So I I didn't really get to see my son. But because it was his birthday, you know, it got me thinking that uh, even before he was born, I was trying to defend him and I was trying to protect him from really evil people. A lot of really evil people who thought they were doing the right thing. Now, if you remember back four years ago, you might remember when I talked about my son being born and I was living in New York At that time, I've since escaped from New York, but at the time I was living in New York and uh, in Rochester, and I had a lot of pretty wild experiences dealing with the nurses and the doctors in the hospital there in Rochester. And uh, despite the fact that his mom is a user and a liar, uh, his mom uh, at least was willing to uh, resist the authoritarianism of the hospital. She did not like Uh, the way that doctors and nurses tend to act, especially in a pregnancy setting, especially in a birth setting. So she was at least on my side in regard to that. 
Uh, I actually moved across the country to, to live there uh, with my son. And then, well, she told me that that wasn't going to happen either because, you know, she never told me that if I move there, we'll live together. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, I went to the hospital and I had to deal with these doctors and nurses and I had to deal with people lying to me at the hospital too, telling me all kinds of things like, if you don't take this vaccine when your son's born or if you don't give him the vitamin K shot or if you don't put eye drops in his eyes immediately, if you don't let us take him and take blood samples and do all kinds of things to him behind the scenes, we're going to call CPS on you. You better be aware of that, sir. We will call CPS. We will call the police. It was just weeks and weeks and weeks of being threatened by these people. And then, of course, when he was born, it was hours uh, pregnancy didn't last that long, or the birth didn't last that long. I think we were in and out within 12 hours. And um, all, almost every nurse, bar one, and uh, all the doctors that came in and out, super arrogant, super egocentric, super authoritarian, didn't want anything to do with me, of course, tried to manipulate and trick my son's mom. And I, I watched it happen in front of my face. They kept harassing her and asking her questions like, do you want this guy out of the room? Do you want him removed? You know, he's causing a ruckus asking us if he can opt out of this or opt out of that, you know, that kind of stuff. Now, I'm not saying that medical professional uh, medical professionals are inherently manipulative or evil. I want I want that to be very clear. Uh, but these jobs, particularly for nurses and doctors, do attract both psychotic people and also primarily good hearted individuals who are exploited during their education. Who do you think pays for the education that these good nurses or good prospective nurses and doctors get. It's the pharmaceutical companies. Who do you think sponsors the consumption of dairy, the consumption of milk for little babies instead of breastfeeding, formula instead of breastfeeding? I've seen the textbooks that nurses use. It's the dairy industry. So good people, good-hearted individuals who don't want to hurt anybody, they want to help people, get exploited and used by big dairy, by big pharma, and by big medicine. Now, these fields, doctors and nurses, etc., after all, do require a certain level of rational suspension because you don't really know anything. That's why you're going to nursing school. That's why you're going to become a doctor. They also require faith in scientific and corporate dogma. So you're not really there to help babies or to help people. You're there to learn scientific and corporate dogma so you can help babies and help people. Of course, uh, you know, kind and vulnerable people so willing to help are used and abused by the system to promote illness, to promote illness management, and to do that for profit. Now, tonight on the show, we're going to talk about a little bit more about my experience with my son because I think uh, it's been three and a half, four years since I've done a show on it. And uh, it's really important because I was able to get out of all the things they wanted. They had they thought that they could mandate on me and my son and, and his mom. We got out of all of that because I, I knew what the law was and because I had the right paperwork, which most people don't have. It doesn't make me smart. It just means that I painstakingly had to research to find things that should be given to you in the hospital to begin with. But it's not because... For the average person distributing the droplets for the eyes or the blood tests, etc., they're just being good people. They're just following what their schooling taught them. They're following hospital policy, which is also not to tell people that they have a right to opt out of those things. So while they're kind people following policy and doing their job, 
their job is basically to support big pharmaceutical companies and big medicine to make them a lot of money, obscene amounts of money. And if you question it, you might get kicked out of the hospital. You might lose your job. You might get CPS called on you, threatening parents in the hospital while their child is being born. What kind of evil person does that? What kind of evil psychopath tells a, a father while the woman is giving birth that if you ask questions, we will call CPS, we will call the police and have you physically removed? A psychopath, a criminal, an evil person possessed by demonic energy says that. I'm the kind of person who says, go ahead and call the police. In fact, I'll call them for you because what you're doing is harassing us. What you're doing is breaking the law. What you're doing is illegal, immoral, and unethical. What you're doing is trying to get me out of the room so you can do things to her because she's on morphine and she can't, she can't decide for herself consciously. What are you, a rapist? These people are evil that do this, but they think they're doing the right thing. I'm going to talk more about that tonight on the show. But before we get to that, I think it's important to address the big political news of the week. A recent case on abortion pills proves the point of everything that I'm saying. U.S. District Judge Matthew Kaxmerke ruled that the FDA improperly approved an abortion pill called Mifeprex, a branded product for the generic Mifeprestone, Mifeprestone. Uh, and that was more than 20 years ago that was approved. So Matthew, the district judge, Matthew Kaxmark, uh, Marek, I think I pronounce his name, Marek, he said uh, in, his, uh, in his ruling uh, that, the, uh, that the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, which, which is what the ruling uh, was against, that the FDA has ignored petitions for over 16 years in regard to the approval of this drug or of this what they call abortion pill. Now, for those of you who are not following this story, again, U.S. District Judge Matthew, and I am not exactly sure how to pronounce his last name, Cax Mark or Cax Mirk, U.S. District Judge Matthew K. will call him, ruled that the FDA improperly approved the abortion pill Mifeprex, or what is the generic Mifeprestown, more than 20 years ago. Now, this is based on a lawsuit from an anti-abortion group called Alliance, or anti-abortion groups that are together, called the Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine. Now, the judge issued a nationwide injunction that paused the FDA medicine, or paused the FDA approval of the medicine. I'm not sure if we could call it medicine. Uh, which will take effect seven days after the ruling. So it's supposed to take effect, uh, I believe, this Friday, where uh, the, uh, the, the pausing of the approval of this drug um, will occur this weekend, uh, and you're not supposed to be able to get the drug, although it's, it's all over the place, so you, you can still get it. So that's part of the deception, uh, first and foremost. Uh, as usual, Congress uh, has a lot of worms and weasels and anti-American, anti-democratic trash running around their halls. So Congress people like Nancy Mace simply said that the FDA should be ignoring it at this point. By ignoring it, she's referring to the U.S. District Judge's ruling. So that's undemocratic. That's treasonous. That is insurrectionist. 
Congresswoman Nancy Mace says, don't listen to what the U.S. District Judge says. Why? Because Congresswoman Nancy Mace doesn't like the judge because he was appointed by Donald Trump. Congresswoman Nancy Mace doesn't like the decision, so she says just don't follow the rule of law. Congresswoman Nancy Mace says ignore the rule of law because it doesn't align with my political views. Arrogant, entitled, self-important criminals. Now, the Justice Department, which is busy making up conspiracies about former presidents, took immediate action after the judge's ruling and asked an appeals court to freeze the judge's order. Got to freeze the order. Because we got to get women these drugs. Plaintiffs represented by the Alliance Defending Freedom had originally contended that the FDA illegally approved, this is where the lawsuit and the ruling comes from, they argued, the Alliance Defending Freedom argued that the FDA illegally approved the drug and failed to properly study its safety. Kind of sounds familiar. The FDA also is not filled with evil people. But the FDA is a very, very big organization, and they rubber stamp a lot of things because they don't have the manpower, the woman power, they don't have the personnel, they don't have the funds that are allocated to them to properly investigate everything. That's why most drug companies can provide their own tests. They can do a thousand tests. Every rat dies in 999 of the tests. One of the rats lives in the final test, and uh, that's what they turn in. The FDA says, sure, rubber stamp, boom, it's approved, it's on the market. It's pretty much like that. It's still, it still takes a lot of money and a lot of time, but you can pretty much approve yourself the FDA is a rubber stamp because they just don't have the power. They don't really have the, the, the workforce. They don't really have the, 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 the financial ability to deal with these big corporations, so they just rubber stamp it. That's the case with virtually everything the FDA looks at. So according to the ruling by this U.S. District Judge Matthew Kay, the FDA, quote, ignored... The petition ignored their petition, the petition of the plaintiffs, for over 16 years, even though the law requires an agency response within 180 days of receipt of the petition. According to the, uh, uh, the, the this is just unbelievable, uh, according to the director of public affairs for Danco, which is the company that manufactures uh, this quote-unquote abortion pill, which I'll tell you more about tonight, this Mifaprex or Mifaprestown. According to the director of public affairs for Danco, uh, which is the company that makes the pill, they said, quote, this is a dark day for public health, especially for reproductive rights and the reliance on science and medical expertise to guide decisions about what drugs are safe and effective and should be available to patients. Which is kind of strange because if you were going to make that very generalized, pro-corporate, very legalese-based argument, you might want to at least address the ruling itself, which says that the reason for the ruling is because there are some questions as per the legality uh, and the moneyed interest in the approval of this drug 20-something years ago. Now, why is it taking this long? One, because lawsuits take a long time. Two, because there's precedent set, and a lot of right-wing groups feel really energized to pursue anti-abortion uh, ideology. That's part of the reason. So the judge ruled that the FDA has ignored the petition, or all the petitions that have been presented to them, even though the law requires you know, a response within 180 days of receipt of the petition, Se several decades uh, is not within 180 days. It's way beyond that. So that's part of the reason they've simply halted it. Now, they've paused the approval. 
He didn't reverse the approval. The judge doesn't have the power to do that. The judge paused the approval so there can be an investigation into what the FDA was doing and how the FDA was influenced to approve this drug. If you really want to break it down, you could do this for virtually every drug that's approved, especially those recent mRNA vaccines, to see how much money went into approving those vaccines, not how much science they told you went into them, but how much money. So according to the Director of Public Affairs for Danco, the company that makes the pill, it's somehow a dark day for public health to investigate whether or not this pill was actually approved legally, morally, ethically, and with whether it was approved with actual science instead of just dark money. Director of Public Affairs for Danco says it's a dark day for reproductive rights and our reliances on science. I wouldn't be so quick to suggest that we should rely on science. Science built an atomic weapon. Science led to lots of lung cancer from smoking because all the scientists said it was really, really safe. All the doctors said it was really, really safe. Science has led to a lot of really bad things. Napalm, tear gas, you name it. Experimental testing with heavy metals and chemicals and drugs on poor communities in St. Louis. And, you know, science has done a lot of really terrible things. But, you know, science is also just a tool. It's scientism and ego and self-centeredness and bias that leads science in a really terrible direction or uses the tool of science to do really terrible things. This is actually a dark day for Danco because it means that their flagship product is paused. And that means they're not going to be making as much money, at least in the long run. They're still raking it in now. The drug is still available. There isn't even a pause until this weekend. So this company is still going to make a lot of money. Even though they're going to make a lot of money, now there's a, 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 a slight barrier to making even more money. So is it a dark day for reproductive rights and science and medicine? Or is it a dark day for the continuation and the exploitation of companies because a federal judge said, yeah, we're going to have to review that. It's a dark day for the companies. It's a dark day for the continuation of exploitation and profit, especially when they're exploiting young women and profiting off of them. You want proof of that? Go to Planned Parenthood's website. Planned Parenthood says this on the website. The cost of the abortion pill can vary depending on the state or health center where you, can, where you get care and whether you can use health insurance, private or government insurance. A medication abortion can cost up to around $800, but it's often less. It's often less. Yes, people with no money, that's why they choose not to have kids, have $800 laying around to pay for an abortion. The average cost at Planned Parenthood for these types of pills is $580. Of course, they say on their website, your nearest Planned Parenthood health center or eugenicist uh, operation can give you more information about the cost and funds that might be available to help you pay for the abortion. Now, let's be really clear here. We're not talking about funds for education. We're not talking about funds for homelessness or funds to help people get off drugs or for helping young people to invest in buying a new home. Just available funds for an abortion. Another example would be the usage of this particular drug in another pill to treat Cushing disease. And I'm going to tell you more about that when we come back from break because the company that makes that pill, it's the same pill, same ingredient as the, quote, abortion pill to help people with Cushing disease or Cushing syndrome. They make a lot of money because they, they people have to take this pill several times a day. They make a lot of money off that pill. Maybe that's another reason these companies are mad that the abortion pill got paused because other companies use it 
to treat other diseases or other syndromes, and they make a lot of money off of it. It's the exploitation of young women for massive profit by companies that are largely run by men. Maybe there is a patriarchy. We'll be right back. From parahistory and the paranormal to the parapolitical and para-occult, you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium options. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have a Secret Teaching subscription, you can still keep that subscription. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today. I need it! If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana? Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir. Or if that's not enough, check out Good Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings, but most importantly, it supports you. Hello folks, this is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. I hope you find it enlightening. So there's a syndrome, a disease called Cushing disease or Cushing syndrome. And that results in you gaining a lot of weight around your midsection, a little bit of a fatty deposit like thing on your neck and your upper back. You lose a lot of uh, weight or a lot of weight and fat, a lot of muscle, everything, everything from your legs. Uh, it's a hormonal syndrome, a hormonal, I guess you could call it a disease, Cushing syndrome. And it's basically when the body produces a little bit too much cortisol, and uh, which is a hormone produced by your adrenal glands. And uh, when you're really stressed, your body produces a lot of it. When you're perpetually stressed, your body can produce a whole lot of it, and you can actually burn out uh, your system. You can kind of burn out the glands, and this can cause all kinds of health problems. So sometimes when people have that issue, several thousands of Americans, they take a drug for that. And the drug they take reduces the cortisol that your body produces so that you can hopefully lose a little bit of weight, not be so tired, and get your hormones back in balance. The drug they take for that is called Corlym, K-O-R-L-Y-M. 
A core limb is really, really interesting. Core limb is also known as what some of you might have heard recently in the news, Mifeprestown. If you heard the first segment tonight, you'll know what Mifeprestown is. Mifeprestown is the quote-unquote abortion pill. It is the main ingredient in Corlum. It's also called RU486. Now, nearly two decades ago, Danco Laboratories won approval to market Mifeprex, uh, or Mifeprestown, in the United States as the abortion drug. Of course, there were restrictions on that because you have to go through FDA approval and you have to follow the law. But most of that approval is rubber stamping and Danco Laboratories made a lot of money off of this. Lots of money. Several years later, after Danco Laboratories were able to get Mifeprex to the market, another company called Corcept Therapeutics, a Silicon Valley-based drug company, began marketing Corlim. And that drug is a specialty drug for thousands of people who have rare diseases like, well, Cushing disease, for example. Now, Corcept, because it's really their only product, charge $550 a pill. And here's the kicker. It's not a pill that you take one time. It's a pill that you have to take up to three times a day. Now, I can barely afford to pay my rent and my bills with what I make. And, and, and all that combined together is probably like, well, I mean, I guess if, I, if I'm paying the full rent and not splitting it, my rent's like $1,400. And if I tack on bills to that, uh, it's like probably $1,700. Luckily, I, I, I get to split the rent. But rent and all the bills, it's like $1,700. That's about the cost of a day's worth of Corcept Therapeutics Coralim product. That's a lot. That's that's a lot of money. What is that? Sixteen hundred and fifty dollars per day. Even if your insurance pays for that, it, it doesn't matter. It's like the, this company's making obscene profits. But but here's the kicker: that drug, that pill, uh, this Coralim drug, is the exact same thing as Mifeprex. It's the same thing. So that drug that produces. Uh, abortion in the bodies also helps to limit the production of cortisol. In other words, uh, the, the abortion drug is used to treat other kinds of diseases and other kinds of, quote, syndromes. And if you have those conditions and you take Coralim, uh, I don't know if there are other drugs out there. I've only looked into these. But if you take that drug, they warn you that this, this causes abortion. This prevents uh, the body from being able to carry a baby. So it's a really dangerous thing, especially if you're taking it and uh, you're trying to get pregnant. They would probably tell you you can't take this drug if you're trying to get pregnant. Dr. Joseph Belanoff, chief executive of the drug maker for Corlim, so he's the chief uh, chief executive of the company that makes Corlim. That company is called Corcept Therapeutics. And he's acknowledged that, yes, this is a very expensive drug. We, he said, quote, we have an expensive drug. There's no getting around that. Per patient per year, this drug costs 180,000 US dollars. Per patient, on average, 180,000 dollars. Now, it's estimated that about 10,000 people 
roughly, and this is just the numbers I've I've pulled from these drug companies, 10,000 people roughly suffer from these conditions and take these specialty drugs. Now, I don't know about you. I'm not Matilda. But I have a pretty good idea if we add some zeros, if we multiply 10,000 roughly by 180,000, we're going to get some massive, massive numbers. And again, it's an, it's an average, according to the company, but $180,000 times 10,000 patients who are on these drugs, on average taking three pills a day, that's where they get the 180000 a year because the pills are five fifty per pill roughly. Even with insurance, it doesn't matter. The company is making a lot of money. Millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. Now, again, depending on if you have your insurance, if you have insurance, uh, you might be able to get the abortion version of the pill a little bit cheaper. You might be able to get the abortion uh, pill for uh, as cheap as $80. It's like a plan B pill, right? It's eight, that's, what is that, like 60 bucks? It's about, you, you get them down to around 60, 70, 80 bucks for Mifeprex. So that's, that's, that's a lot cheaper than $500. And you don't need to take it every day because it's just, it's an abortion pill, right? You're supposed to take it one time and it prevents uh, pregnancy. Now, if you go to Planned Parenthood's website, I read this to you before we went to break. Uh, the cost of an abortion pill varies depending on state or health center, of course. Planned Parenthood says, the average uh, medicated abortion can cost around $800. Uh, if you go to Planned Parenthood, it's around $580 for that medicated abortion. $580, that's about the same price as uh, Corsep Therapeutics is charging for their Cushing Syndrome pill, which is virtually identical to the Danko Laboratory pill, which is the so-called abortion pill, or what they call RU486 or Mifeprestown. Charging a lot of money. Now, you can get the pill a lot cheaper if you wanted abortion, no doubt about that. Planned Parenthood tells you on their website, uh, you should look around to your nearest Planned Parenthood center, get information about the cost and the funds that might be available to help you pay for your abortion. They're not going to help you get an education. They're not going to help you get off the street. They're not going to help you get out of an abusive situation. They're not going to help you do anything except have an abortion because there's profit in it. And that's really the whole point. There's profit. In this, as I said, Mifeprestown, the active ingredient in Coralim, helps Cushing patients or Cushing's patients by blocking the body's ability to process cortisol, and it induces an abortion by blocking the body's receptor for progesterone, which causes the uterine wall to break down. Danco, the company that makes Mifeprestown, has made countless millions on that pill, and now that medicated abortion is one of the only options post Dobbs you can expect these companies to make even more money. Again, that's what it's all about. Thus, the subject of abortion is not as simple as my body, my choice. It is a black hole of secret money and powerful men forcing abortion on young women as a means of getting richer. I mean, does anybody notice that a largely male-dominated profession such as doctors get virtually no pushback when they intervene in harsh, manipulative, dangerous, and deceptive ways on women in labor? Hands off my body, but I'll take that abortion pill. I'll take those antidepressants. I'll take that surgery, even if it's in defiance of the law. Hands off my body, but give me a C-section. Add on a tummy tuck and pump me full of antidepressants because... I didn't get to see my baby for hours after its birth, and now I'm depressed and the baby is sad and sick. 
Women are literally being used and exploited alongside their husbands, both of which are threatened, terrorized, and harassed in the hospital if they don't do exactly what pharmaceutical companies and interventionist medical professionals demand in the name of science or their own self-important arrogance. I want you to think about this for a second. There is such a huge movement for the subject of pro or anti-abortion. You're pro or anti. That's all you have. You only have two options. You're a super right-wing Christian conservative Christo-fascist who hate women and want them to carry babies like it's some kind of handmaiden's tale. Or you're a super-duper super duper great liberal. You love people with dark skin. You have sex with immigrants because they deserve it. And you want women to have babies by aborting them. And you want them to rip them out of the womb and chop them into little pieces because you're a devil worshiper. And the bottom line is, uh, those are both super extreme, you know, ways to look at it. Okay, most people on the right, in fact, I think almost everybody on the right, nobody wants to force a woman to have a child. There are some extremists, but on average, nobody wants to force a woman to have a child, depending on the circumstances. And on the left, on the other side, not everybody who's pro-abortion is a Satanist who wants to sacrifice a child to Moloch. Okay, so we need to understand that. But I'd like to know where the concerns are when it comes to hospital treatments for women who are in the hospital to give birth. I would like to know where the concern is, where the protest is, where are the protesters that are storming capitals. It only counts if you're conservative. If you storm the Tennessee state capitol, it doesn't count because you have rainbow flags. I'd like to know where these people are when it comes to hospital births. You see these stupid stories in the news all the time. The husband stitch. Husbands, men, patriarchal pigs. They get together and they have the doctor sew up the woman a little bit tighter so the vagina's tighter the next time he has sex with her. Just evil, disgusting, patriarchal pigs. But the same people that are upset about that certainly have no concern, apparently have no concern, over the way that men and women are treated respectively, individually, and as a couple when they're in the hospital to give birth. Let me give you an example of that. You go to the hospital, maybe you've had a child, or you know someone who's had a child, you've been in the hospital, maybe you're a, a, a guy and your girlfriend or your wife, you've had a baby, uh, maybe you've had several babies, you think about this, think about the experience. A lot of people don't think it's negative because it's just how things are. But if you're going to the hospital... For any reason, really, not just because you're pregnant or your girl's pregnant. Uh, I guess men can have babies now, too. But if you're going for any reason and question doctors or nurses, even if you just ask a question, like I'm just looking for more clarification on this before you inject it or before you make me you make me swallow it. They get really angry. Not all the time, not all doctors and nurses, but they, 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 can, they can get really angry. They can get really mean. They can they'll threaten you. When my son was born, we went to a hospital in Rochester, New York. And I'm there because I, I love kids and I was lied to and manipulated and used, uh, long story short. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to be there for his birth. And I, and I wish I could spend time with him, but his, his mom's a control freak. And, and, and again, long story short. So I'm at the hospital and I'm trying to get the paperwork so I can opt him out of the hepatitis vaccine. So I can opt him out of the vitamin K shot, which is not technically a shot. That's how they get around uh, the, 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 the legal ability to opt out of it. They call it a vitamin K injection or something like that, which I'll tell you more about tonight. And, and of course, like things like the eye droplets. Now those all seem like really sound logical things to do. 
until you read on why they want to do those things, like the vitamin K shot, which will help the blood to clot and not, and so the baby doesn't bleed out. But the only reason, in fact, virtually the only reason a baby would ever have excessive bleeding is when they have head trauma or when they're circumcised. Head trauma is not a common thing that happens during a natural birth. Head trauma, however, is a common thing that happens when you put things into the vagina and you attach suction cups to the baby's head and you rip and pull and rip and pull and rip and pull until the baby pops out like a cork. And then, oh no, they're bleeding. How could they be bleeding? We're doctors in the 21st century. We have a way to stop it. Here's a vitamin K shot. If you read the actual studies on why they do vitamin K shots in some states like New York, that's where my son was born, you learn that they only do it because of interventions that caused the problems in the first place. So the interventions caused the bleeding, like circumcision, which is one of the big ones. And then when the baby succumbed to that bleeding, which is super rare anyway, so if you're not having interventions, you don't need to worry about the vitamin K shot, maybe one in a trillion cases, you know, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Then they, cre- they create the problem and then they offer the solution, which then because these problems are so consistent, because intervention is the only way that anything's handled at the hospital, then they make it illegal to not get the shot. So then it sponsors the big pharmaceutical companies that get paid a lot of money because a bunch of scumbag Congress people and senators passed a law based on the money they were paid, based on the, the science that they were deceived with, uh, that forces you to get a shot, that forces you to take something that benefits uh, a, a large pharmaceutical company financially. That's what's happening at the hospital. So when I was in the hospital, I'm trying to gather up all this information. I'm trying to gather up the, uh, get, get my son out of the vitamin K shot, out of the hepatitis shot, uh, and out of the eye droplets, okay? And in trying to do that, even before we went to the hospital for the pregnancy, I was arguing not that I wanted to be arguing. I was arguing with social workers. I tell the social workers, he's not getting the vaccine. Oh, he will get it. Or we will call CPS. Aren't you supposed to be here to help the parents? Aren't you supposed to be here to help people and make people and make that make, you know, make the, the, the child to be, to be born, to make the mom especially, but to make the dad, like, aren't you here to like, this is social services. Aren't you here to like make things better, not threaten and manipulate us as individuals and collectively as a couple to do what you want us to do because you work for the state, which works for the big corporations because you're a fascist? Are you supposed to be here to help and not harm? But they don't think they're harming. They think they're helping. So I was in arguments with a social worker. Uh, When my son was born, I sat in the room and there was these nurses. We went to the hospital. It was like three, four in the afternoon, something like that. It was earlier in the afternoon. He was born later that night, maybe like 12 hours later. But we're in the hospital and they're like, uh, we, we got to induce, we got to induce labor. And my son's mom said, no, I, I feel it happening. Let's just wait for it to happen. Well, why'd you come to the hospital then? Because I can feel it happening. It's going to happen soon. I'd rather be here in case something bad happens just as a precaution. Uh, but I don't want to induce labor. Oh, we got to induce labor, got to induce labor. Now, why do they want to induce labor so quickly? They want to induce labor because that's a bed that they could have some sucker in bleeding them dry and since we don't want to induce labor in the hospital they're watching dollar signs fall away so we got to induce labor got to induce labor she's like no i don't want to induce labor well if you don't go into labor soon we're going to have to get you know get you out of here and then bring you back when you're in labor 
We, we have other people to care for. No, you have other people to suck dry, you dirty, disgusting vampires. That's what they are. They're vampires. Sucking the energy, the currency, the money out of your pockets, out of your bank accounts, out of your, your credit cards, and out of your, your insurance companies, which are also vampires and leeches. So eventually, she goes into, her water breaks, and she goes into labor officially. And then they give you that, that whole, ad, they gave us the attitude. Oh, well, you know. I mean, good thing you went into labor now, because if you didn't, we were about to kick you out. Really the thing that a, that a woman in labor wants to hear, we were about to kick you out in the street because we have money to make. Meanwhile, telling you how they're there to help you. We're here to, we're here to help you and facilitate this birth, you know. So that was the first thing. Now, as the nurses and, 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 and uh, the head nurse actually came in, there were so many nurses in our room. I was telling them he's not getting the, the, the hepatitis B shot. He's not getting the vitamin K shot, and he's not getting the eye droplets, okay? It's not going to happen. They proceeded to threaten me with law enforcement. They proceeded to threaten me with child services. I proceeded to tell them, what exactly do you know about the vitamin K shot? Because if you don't know anything about that shot, you shouldn't be injecting it. So why don't you tell me, asking them, why don't you tell me, what is this shot? It's the law. We have to give it. I said, what's the law? Well, it's just the law. I don't know what the law is. I said, well, funny thing. I actually have a copy of the law. Allow me to, 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 to quote for you. And I quoted it for them. And I, have, I had like a physical copy of it, of the law. Took place and uh, took effect in the year 2000. Uh, precautions to be observed for the prevention of hemor uh, hemorrhagic diseases and coagulation disorders of the newborn and infants related to vitamin K deficiency. That's the state law in New York. They have to give them the vitamin K shot. So I said, you're not going to give them the shot. What's the law? We'll call the police. I said, call the police. Call social services. I don't care because I have a copy of the law here that you keep quoting or thinking you're quoting from, but you're actually wrong. And the only reason, based on the law and based on the study that was conducted to determine if the law should become a law, this is the study, and I had a copy of that. I've got it right here in front of me now. Uh, School of Public Health, State University of New York, Albany, mandating vitamin K prophylaxis for newborns in New York State. And this is the study. This was conducted in 1993. This is the study that was used to pass the, the law that passed and became law in 2000 that forces uh, vitamin K shots on all babies born in the state of New York. And if you read the study, it will tell you that most of the uh, babies that had the bleeding problem, the bleeding was caused by interventions by hospital staff. Nevertheless, we still think it should be mandated because what if this happens to your child? So they use fear to terrorize you, to scare you. Okay, that's the other thing that happened. Then throughout the, uh, the beginning stages of labor after her water broke, they kept coming in the room because I had argued with these nurses and I even had the head nurse come in and I was arguing with her and I was trying to be civil when I'm telling them, you don't know what the law is. I've got a copy of the law right here. They refused to look at it. They refused to look at the study. I said, are you nurses? Aren't you supposed to look at the science? Aren't you scientists? Aren't you healthcare professionals? You're acting like children who don't want to eat their broccoli. You're acting like children who don't want to clean their room. You want to take no responsibilities for your actions, but you want me to sit here 
you know, a couple of years after my son was born, you want me to, these are the kind of people that want me to sit here and be like, you're such heroes. Look at all these hero nurses, heroes, heroes, heroes. No, the heroes are the nurses who gave up their jobs because they refused to be force vaccinated by a pharmaceutical biotechnology company that's equivalent to something in Jurassic Park. Those are the heroes, not the ones that just laid down and took it up the ass. The real heroes are the nurses and the doctors who said no. The real heroes are the pharmacists who said no. Those are the heroes. You're not a hero for following orders. You're not a hero for doing what big pharma and big biotech want you to do. You're a follower. You're a scumbag. You are a manipulated person who sadly is in the pocket of big pharma and thinks they're doing really good things by supporting multinational corporations and biotechnology companies that don't care about anything except profit and controlling everything that exists in the world, every piece of your DNA, genetics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So now that I've gotten all that out in the open, let's let's go through the details of this. So when I presented this to the to the nurses and, and, and to the uh, to the doctor that had come in, there were two doctors that came in and out throughout the, the 12 hours of of labor. They after these interactions, they kept trying to get me out of the room. Uh, my son's mom did not take anything for the pregnancy except one morphine shot later in the evening. One just one shot of morphine. And they kept coming in. Do you want morphine? Do you want morphine? Do you want to? You want us to, you know, basically destroy your spine forever by putting something in your spine so you can't fill the lower half of your body. Do you want drugs? Do you want drugs, 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 drugs? You know, now she's in pain. She's in labor and she's kind of disoriented. That's where the man is supposed to come in and stand up for the woman, even if she's a lying, conniving piece of garbage like my son's mom is. And I have no quarrel, you know, quarrel saying that because that's what she is. And she admitted to me that she used me and lied to me. So I still stood there by her. It doesn't make me a good person. I'm caring, I'm caring about my son who's being born. So I'm standing there and they keep coming in and they completely ignore me. They go to her, the lady in pain, the woman who is disoriented, who's having a baby, and they keep asking, you want drugs, drugs? Do you want us to get him out of here? Is he bothering you? And, she, and despite the fact, despite the fact that she's kind of disoriented and despite our past, she says, no, I want him here. He's helping well, I, we, we can get him out of here, though. And they just keep, we'll get him out of here. We'll get you drugs. Get him out of here. Get you drugs. Get him out of here. Get, they did the same thing after my son was born. We go into the, the post-birth room, okay? We've been up most of the night. And we both are very tired, especially her. She's way more tired than I am. But we both knew they were going to come in there and try to take, you know, uh, Fox away and go do blood tests and experiments and all kinds of other things on him because of what they do in the hospital. And so I stayed awake partly while she slept. And then she stayed awake a little bit while I slept. And in the midst of all this, these nurses came into the room, I swear to God, half a dozen times. We, we see, like, just like this. We see that you guys, we, I th- you know, you, you look like you're sleeping really well, you know, because she's kind of out of it. She had had morphine. It looks like you're sleeping. You're finally getting some rest. We're going to go ahead and take your son out and go do some tests on him. I said, no, you're not taking him anywhere. They thought I was asleep. You're not taking my son anywhere. You're not going to take him down the hall. You're not going to take him to some secret room and do some weird experiments on him, okay? Well, well, sir, we need to make sure he doesn't have any diseases. Well, you checked her. She didn't have any diseases, didn't you? You checked me. I didn't have any diseases. So my son doesn't have any diseases. Well, so we don't, we got to make sure we got, well, just you guys sleep and we'll take him. It's like, what are you? 
These are literally like demons wearing stethoscopes that come into the room and they prey on vulnerable, weak, emotional people and try to take the baby away because they know what's best because the state and the big pharmaceutical companies told them that's what's best. No, you're not taking my son out of the room. Fast forward a little bit more. Okay, my, my son's mom, she gets up and I, I give her all the credit in the world for this. She's a relatively healthy person. And they actually told her in the hospital, you're like the healthiest person we've seen in here give birth. It's like we've never seen someone so healthy because she doesn't eat garbage. So she was, you know, she's relatively healthy. She's had some problems in the past, but she's up and walking and she's like, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. I'm fine. And, oh no, ma'am, you do hurt. You're just delusional. You need to sit down. We got more drugs for you. She's like, no, I'm fine. I, I can walk. We're going to leave. You can't leave. We'll take the baby from you if you leave. We need to do more tests. She said, okay, listen, what do you need to do? We need to do blood sugar tests on, on, on your son. So we need to make sure he's okay before he can leave. Okay. So I said, if we're going to do a blood sugar test or something to that effect, um, you're not giving him uh, that disgusting, genetically modified oil, chemical, ultra processed filth that you call baby formula. I have my own baby formula. You're going to give him that. And the nurse looks at me, uh, uh, no, sir, um, well, I'll have to ask the doctors if, if we can have permission to give him another. For I said, no, I don't care what you ask the doctor. You're giving him this formula, okay, for this little blood sugar test. Or we're walking out the front door and you can call CPS. So she comes back in with her head down. Uh, the doctor said uh, that would be okay. And I said, you know what? I don't care what the doctor said. You're not giving him the other formula. I don't need you to go ask the doctor. You're going to give him this formula. Blood sugar was fine. We left the hospital. The arrogance, the deceit, the manipulation, the lying, the, the, the demonic-like slithering in and out of the room, but they think they're doing the right thing. I'm going to tell you more about this when we come back from break and how you can get out of all those interventions if you choose to and why nobody seems to care about the manipulative interventions on women that are vulnerable in the hospital. Hands off my bodies for abortion, but in the hospital, a largely male patriarchal profession can rip and tear and sew back up and torture and drug and do all kinds of things to vulnerable women while the men are kicked out of the room because they're just a hassle to deal with more after this i'm ryan gable this is the secret teachings don't go anywhere from parahistory and the paranormal to the parapolitical and para-occult, you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. <laughs> I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. 
Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium option. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have a Secret Teaching subscription, you can still keep that subscription. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today. I need it! Tonight on The Secret Teachings, if you're just joining us, I'm your host, Ryan Gable. We have two parallel storylines going. It was my son's birthday on the 30th of March, and I was recapping what happened four years ago when we were in the hospital in the state of New York and what the hospital staff tried to do to me and tried to do to his mom and tried to do to both of us collectively together. The deceit the lying, the manipulation, the disrespect, the arrogance, the ego, etc. And our other storyline relates to that because it has to do with the perceived banning, although it's not a banning, it's a temporary pause on approval, of an abortion drug called Mifeprex, or uh, which is a branded product for the generic Mifeprestown, which was approved 20 years ago. And in this case, we have a U.S. district judge who paused the approval of that drug based on a lawsuit from anti-abortion groups called the Alliance for Hippocritic Medicine. The judge issued a nationwide injunction pausing the FDA approval, which will take place this Friday. Not the approval, that was 20 years ago, but the uh, injunction will pause the approval starting this weekend. Now, you probably still get the drug, But uh, from here on out, until there's an investigation or a different ruling or whatever the case is, an overturning of the approval or an approval of the approval, uh, as of this weekend, there will be a pause in that approval. Now, as usual, there are always members of Congress or members of the Senate or members of uh, local activist groups or mayors of cities like Tucson who don't care what the law is. And so Congress... Women like Nancy Mace say the FDA should just completely ignore the ruling of the U.S. district judge for two reasons. One, he's a Republican judge put in place by Donald Trump, and Donald Trump's illegitimate because Hillary Clinton won, so ignore his ruling. The other reason is she says ignore the ruling because it doesn't really matter. We don't care what a man says about a woman's body. We want to get these women these drugs. Okay, we know who she works for. The Justice Department also, while they took a break from making up conspiracies uh, about former presidents, took immediate action and asked an appeals court to freeze the judge's order. So he issues a pause and the Justice Department, which could be prosecuting actual criminals, they decided instead to spend their time making up conspiracies about a former president, which is admitted in the New York Times, uh, the, the, the district attorney in Manhattan, He said, we don't know if Trump did anything else illegal, but uh, we imagine he did something illegal. So we're going to 
indict him and we're going to look through his records to find something we think he did illegal. So it's it's preconceived uh, preconceived notion that they're going to a preconceived conclusion. They're going to look for evidence to support. That's literally what they're doing. And the Justice Department is backing that and supporting that and taking uh, additional time when they have a break from that to ask for the pause to be frozen because we got to get this drug to women that are vulnerable. So you know who the Department of Justice is working for. Plaintiffs, represented by the Alliance Defending Freedom, had contended that the FDA illegally approved the drug and failed to properly study its safety. Some of these plaintiffs have sent petitions into the FDA for literally over a decade and a half, and the FDA, despite the 180-day law that they have to respond to the petition after they received it, the FDA has not done that for 16 years. And the uh, since the petition started coming in, and that this is what the judge, the U.S. District Judge, ruled, he said the FDA ignored their petition for over 16 years, even though the law requires an, an agency response within 180 days of receipt of the petition. So they have not responded. This is part of the lawsuit. They have not responded. They've not followed the law. So the judge is, this is part of his decision, is going to pause the approval of the drug. And we should be able to do that anyway, because a lot of things are approved officially, uh, you know, that are legally approved without any suspicion, per se. And it was really a rubber stamp from the FDA that approved the drug, which eventually was pulled off the market. There are lots of cases of this. So we should be able to go back and say, well, we're going to pause the approval, investigate it, see if anything was was shady about it. And why just this drug? Well, because of one, you know, now these anti-abortion people are are invigorated because of the Dobbs decision. But two, there's another reason, too. Uh, they've been petitioning the FDA forever, and now they have a little bit of, because of the Dobbs decision, they have a little bit of, of backing, and, and, and a district uh, judge has said, okay, well, let's, let's review this. This could be done for any drug. It's not just the, the abortion drug. Now, according to the company that manufactures the drug, a company called Danco, the... Uh, Director of Public Affairs said this is a dark day for public health, especially for reproductive rights and the reliance on science and medical expertise to guide decisions about what drugs are safe and effective and should be available to patients. There's that safe and effective thing again. They use that for elections. They use that for vaccines. They use that for drugs. They use it for everything. Everything is safe and effective. Everything. But the question is, is this really a dark day for reproductive rights and science and medicine? Or is it, dark, is it a dark day for the continuation of the exploitative practices of these big pharmaceutical companies? Is it a dark day for their bottom line, for their profit? Why would I ask such a question? Well, according to Planned Parenthood, the cost of an abortion pill, although it can vary, on average runs somebody $800. The average cost at Planned Parenthood for that abortion medication is about $580. Now, Planned Parenthood lets you know if you look up this drug on their website and you look up their medicated abortions, they will tell you that you can look for your nearest Planned Parenthood health center, i.e. eugenics organization, that will give you more information about the cost and funds that might be available to pay for your abortion. Oh, so it's subsidized. Okay. Now, let's be clear here. We're not talking about funds or subsidies for education, or homeless, homelessness, or helping people get clean and get off of drugs, or 
helping, uh, you know, veterans uh, purchase a home or helping young people invest in a new home or anything like that. We're talking about funds that are used to pay for abortions. Now, there's a condition, a syndrome, a, a disease called Cushing disease or Cushing syndrome. And that disease or that condition or that syndrome uh, is, a, is a syndrome, a condition, a disease where the body produces excessive cortisol, which is a hormone. When you're stressed, your body produces this. Too much of it, you can really burn your, your adrenal glands out. You can really you, you get, start to gain weight around the stomach. You know, your neck uh, get, gets kind of fat. You lose weight in the legs. You've probably seen people that suffer from cortisol, even if they, they're not aware of it. You can kind of tell the signs of someone who suffers from excessive cortisol production. So people that suffer from that uh, can take a drug called Coralim. And Coralim uh, helps in reducing the stress of weight gain. It helps uh, with the production of cortisol uh, to cut that back. So you can kind of lose weight and you can get your uh, you know, hormones in balance. Now, the active ingredient in Coralim is RU486. It goes by another name as well. It's called Mifepristone. Mifepristone. Now, Mifeprestown, if you're paying attention, is the drug that the U.S. District Judge just put a pause on its approval from the FDA. Okay, Mifeprestown. Mifeprestown. Mifeprex, a branded product for the generic Mifeprestown. Okay, so you see that word all over the place. Everywhere you look, it's all over the place. Mifeprestown, 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 Mifeprex, Mifeprex, Mifeprex. Now, Cushing disease uses the same exact drug. The active ingredient in Coralim is Mifeprestown. Two decades ago, Danco Laboratories won approval of Mifeprex in the U.S. as an abortion drug. Corcept Therapeutics, which is a silicone-based drug company, Silicon Valley-based, Silicon-based, Silicon Valley-based drug company, probably a graphene-based uh, company, Silicon-based, Silicon Valley-based drug company, uh, they began a few years later marketing Coralim as a specialty drug to treat uh, thousands of patients who suffer from rare diseases like Cushing syndrome or Cushing disease. The company that makes Coralim charges $550 a pill and patients with Cushing have to take up to three pills a day. Do the math. Dr. Joseph Belinoff, chief executive of the drug maker for that Coralim product, said that the product is a, quote, expensive drug. Quote, there's no getting around that. At least he was honest. So expensive that if you do a little bit of math, a little bit of math, the average patient, and this is a conservative estimate, the average patient, not everybody has to take three a day. Some just take one couple, couple times a week. The average cost per patient is $180,000 annually. Who do you know that can, can afford $180,000 a year to pay for a drug to balance your cortisol level in your body? Not really anybody. Even super wealthy people can't probably don't spend that kind of money. That's where you have insurance companies that come in, right? Because they get a cut of the action too. So you might not be paying that company a lot of money. It's subsidized. People act like subsidies and insurance companies... Uh, are like magic wands. Well, I'm not paying the company. They're not making that much money. Insurance pays for it. <laughs> yeah, the company's making the money from the insurance. Okay, so that's a lot of money. Keep in mind, Coralim uses the same active ingredient 
Mifeprestown, same abortion drug that was just paused by a U.S. district judge. Now, since the drug's approval, Corlem's price has risen about 150%, and last year the company's revenue nearly doubled to $159.2 million. And Corlem is the company's only product, and they say it treats about 1,000 patients in the United States a year. Here's a company making hundreds of millions of dollars off of about 1,000 people with a relatively rare hormonal condition. And they're making that kind of obscene profit. Mifeprestown, the active ingredient in Coralim, helps Cushing patients by blocking the body's ability to produce or to process cortisol. And of course, for abortions, it induces an abortion by blocking the body's receptor for progesterone, which causes the uterine wall to break down. Danco has made millions of dollars on this pill, and now that medicated abortion is one of the only options post-Dobbs, the Supreme Court decision, you can expect these companies to make even more money. In other words, all the pro-abortion companies, because they got to sell drugs and they got to sell products to you for abortion because they care about women's bodies and women's rights. All these companies, despite the fact that there are abortion uh, protections rather than bans in most states. You know, the federal government, actually, Congress could have the legal authority to ban abortion outright across all 50 states. Instead, they gave the power to the states to decide where it actually should reside in the first place. Because you could make a legal argument that Constitution prevents, you know, prevents you from being able to have an abortion. But Congress allows this, as, as it should be, to go to the states in most states, California is, you know, an example of how a state has this very liberal policy, but you actually have a lot of restrictions in California. Florida is a state where you think that you can't get an abortion, but you actually have a lot of abortions that are performed. It's just within the guidelines of the law. So you aren't encouraging people to have an abortion as a solution to problems that they've almost in every case created themselves. A product, a product of culture, a product of social media, a product of not having parents in the home, a product of having really poor lifestyle decisions and choices. There's a lot of factors, of course, that goes into all this. So Danco has made a lot of money. The company that makes Coralim has made a lot of money, like obscene amounts of money. Uh, these pills, according to Planned Parenthood, cost $580, up to $800 or more. If you want to treat Cushing syndrome or you want to just maintain it, uh, the cortisol levels in your body, you want to help regulate that, you're looking at, on average, $180,000 a year. That is an obscene amount of money, and it's the same. It's basically the same exact pill. So if a federal judge says, we're going to pause the approval of that drug, companies like Danco have to be nervous because they make a lot of money off that pill. Companies that produce things like Coralim, Corcept Therapeutics, they have to be really, really nervous because what does that mean about their drug? Their drug uses mefeprestone or mefeprestown. And if that is paused for approval because of illegal activities of Danco and the drug companies, what does that say about Corcept Therapeutics? What does that say about their drug, which uses the exact same active ingredient? And this is their only product. And they make hundreds of millions off of it. So what does that say about their drug? So the subject of abortion is not really boiled down to my body, my choice. It's not really being pro or anti anything. It's actually a black hole of secret money and powerful men that force abortion on young women as a means of getting richer. I don't know if anybody notices this, but 
I noticed this. A largely male-dominated profession, doctors, get no pushback societally, culturally, social media, etc. When they intervene in harsh, dangerous, manipulative, and deceptive ways on women who are in labor. Hands off my body, but I'll take one of those abortion pills that puts a lot of money in Corsep Therapeutics and Danco's pockets. Hands off my body, but I'll take some of those antidepressants so I don't have to deal with reality. Hands off my body, but I will allow you to inject random chemicals into my body on a daily basis uh, every time I eat something that is highly processed and manufactured by deceptive food companies. Hands off my body, but I will take one of those uh, plastic surgeries to uh, change the way that I look because I'm a vain psychopath. Hands off my body, hands off my body, but um, if you want to just give me a C-section doctor because it's easier for you, and then because you cut my stomach open, if you want to throw a tummy tuck in as well so you can buy another boat, uh, and then because I'm depressed since you took my baby away for several hours, I will, um, I'll take some antidepressants. So if you want to just go ahead and wrap all that up, put it in a bag, and I'll, I'll take it home, go ahead and do that. Because, hey, but hands off my body. See, this is the problem. You go to a hospital. It's the very opposite of hands off my body. It's hands on my body. It's chemicals and drugs and needles and God knows what else put into my body, put into my drip, put into my veins, put into my mouth, put into my rectum. It's all okay, though, because the doctors know what they're doing. Trust me, I'm an expert, right? You ever notice that the hands-off-my-bodies people never seem to have an issue with interventionist birth, which happens thousands of times a day? Where a woman is in the hospital, this happens every day, and the man is not allowed to be in the room or he's coerced out of the room where a woman is in the hospital and she is drugged, labor is induced, which is extremely dangerous and extremely unnatural, where she is pumped full of morphine. She's given, uh, you know, uh, they, I don't know, they give all kinds of different drugs out. They were trying to give my son's mom all, all sorts of different things. Morphine was the big one. Uh, they wanted to give her uh, the, um, the, the spinal uh, uh, numbing, so the bottom of her body felt no pain, felt nothing, including the joy of having delivered a human life into the world. They wanted to do all these things too, and they they kept trying to get me out of the room because I was questioning what they were doing, and she even was saying, "No, I don't want this." And of course, what did they ask her? She she told me what they had asked her when she went in before she was giving birth, when she had gone in to see the social worker. Uh, Does he abuse you? Does he force you to do things? Does he do the? And the irony is, she's the one that admitted to me that she used me and abused me. But I don't matter because I have testicles. That's typically how it goes in the state of New York. So in the hospital, you'll notice if you pay attention or just talk to people who have bad baby who've had babies that women don't really matter in the hospital. That interventionist ideology means that doctors will cut prematurely. They will, they, they will cut the, 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 uh, uh, the area between the vagina and the anus just to prevent tearing. We'll just cut you open. Uh, they will pump you full of drugs. They will induce labor, even though your body's in the process of inducing itself naturally. They will steal your child out of the post-birth room. 
They will do experiments on them. They will send the blood to the state and big bio laboratories to do all kinds of God knows what. That's what they do with the blood. They sell it, trade it. The military has access to it. The intelligence agencies have access to it. And that's all part of the ancestry and, and 23andMe crap as well. That's a whole separate thing. And uh, then they make you feel like you're a bad person if you don't want to have your baby immediately washed or if you don't want to have uh, give them a vitamin K shot, etc. The vitamin K shot is a big thing. Uh, when, I was, when I was in the hospital uh, with I mean, my son being born, I had looked up the vitamin K shot that they wanted to give him because in New York, in the state of New York, it's a law. They have to give you the vitamin K shot. And they don't call it a vaccine because you can legally opt out of vaccines in New York. So they call it a shot or an injection or they call it a, uh, they call vitamin K prophylaxis. So, so it's, you know, they manipulate the words. Now, I found the study that they based the law on. And I brought it to the hospital and ner- the nurses didn't care. Um, and as, and as angry as you might interpret my presentation tonight, I want you to know that at the very end of our stay at the hospital four years ago when my son was born, the head nurse came in and apologized to us and said, actually, yeah, we do have these forms. You can opt out of these things, which we had done anyway, but she came in and admitted it. I didn't want to say anything in front of the other nurses because they're new, they're training, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which is just shows what a piece of garbage that head nurse is. So mandating vitamin K prophylaxis, here's what it said. In 65% of 34 deaths reviewed, vitamin K was not documented as given or was given only after the onset of hemorrhage. You don't want your baby to, to, to bleed to death, right? The study says this, and this is from the University of New York, Albany. And this is the, the case. A lot of states have this law that you have to get the vitamin K shot. You can't opt out of it. You can opt out of the hepatitis shot. You can opt out of all these shots. You have to get the paperwork from the hospital uh, or bring it to the hospital. Uh, Refusal of newborn screening for religious reasons. That's something you can do, not just in New York. Blood spot uh, disposition form. You can do that uh, as well if you want them to dispose of it. Or you can just opt out of the uh, genetic tests altogether uh, because you have a right to do that even in the super liberal Marxist communist state that is New York. So mandating vitamin K prophylaxis, let's see what the university scientists and experts have to say about it. They only looked at 34 deaths. Low levels of vitamin K, not non-existent levels, just low levels of vitamin K, resulting in physiological deficiency of clotting factors in the first few days of life have been shown to occur in the cord blood of more than 20% of normal newborns. Approximately 2.5 to 5.0 newborns per 1,000 not given prophylactic vitamin K develop clinically significant bleeding. Okay, so let's think about that for a second. Two, roughly two to five of 1,000 develop bleeding that is clinically significant. Okay, that's clinically significant. Common clinical manifestations include uh, uh, bleeding in the gastrointestinal tract, the umbilical cord stump, the scalp, and urinary tract. There's a lot of reasons for that. We'll get to those in a second. The study goes on. It says, hospital records were located and reviewed for 34 newborns. Of these, 6 or 18% had no documentation of receiving vitamin K at all, 
16 or 47% received it after the onset of bleeding, and 12 or 35% received it before the clinical presentation of hemorrhage. The discussion of the study. For the purpose of this review and for medical and legal purposes, absence of documentation of vitamin K was interpreted to mean that vitamin K was not given. So they just assume that it wasn't given, even in cases where it might have been given. They admit that in the study. None of the 22 hospitals visited or consulted had standing orders for vitamin K administration. Vitamin K deficiency may contribute to neonatal morbidity and mortality that is attributed to other diagnoses, such as disseminated intravascular coagulation and intracranial hemorrhage. Now, let me explain to you why those things happen. There are a lot of reasons, but the common reasons that these happen are because they have interventions in the hospital where they rip the baby out of the vaginal cavity, out of the, 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 out of the womb, they use uh, uh, clamps, they use suction cups, and they damage the cranium of the child trying to pull it out of the woman whose body is doing its natural God-given ability, it's not natural God-given works, to get the baby out naturally and healthily. And the doctors are there with their arrogance and their ego and their white lab coats trying to rip the baby out artificially. And then, oh my God, their head's bleeding. What do we do? Vitamin K shot. Who does that benefit? According to the study, both conditions, these conditions that I mentioned, the intravascular coagulation and intracranial hemorrhage, both conditions commonly affect high-risk groups such as premature infants with uh, respiratory distress syndrome or sepsis. The diagnosis of disseminated intravascular coagulation in the newborn may not take the possibility of vitamin K deficiency into account if the diagnosis is made in the absence of hematological data. Although these deaths could not be attributed to lack of vitamin K, late use or non-use of vitamin K in a bleeding neonatal is of concern, particularly if there are no confirmatory laboratory results. So the New York State Health Commissioner arranged an amendment to the state sanitary code to mandate vitamin K prophylaxis within six hours of birth. You just heard the report from the University of, of, of New York, Albany. Okay, the state university that I guarantee you took money from the pharmaceutical companies. I guarantee you the State University of New York at Albany took money from the big companies, the big hospitals, because they got money to make on these vitamin K shots. And it was based on a study of 34 deaths, 34 deaths. They assumed that some of the babies had not received vitamin K. And the two major reasons that a baby would have these issues, intravascular coagulation issues or intracranial hemorrhage, are due to the drugs, are due to the physical interventions. And those physical interventions go beyond clamps and suction cups. They also include post-birth where they circumcise the penis. This is literally in the medical literature. Most babies are fine, but once we circumcise the penis, there's a substantial amount of bleeding. So someone get a rabbi in here to suck the blood out and get this kid a vitamin K shot because it's just totally unnatural for the baby to be bleeding like this. This has to be the work of the devil. We have ways to fix this. We're doctors and scientists. Look at our scalpels. Look at our rectal thermometers. Look at our white lab coats. We can stop this. Then they admit in the study, most of the children, most of the babies who have these issues outside the intervention or caused by the intervention, outside of the drugs or caused by the drugs, outside of the, uh, outside of the circumcision or because of the circumcision, it's premature infants. So basically, literally, if you're premature, have been circumcised, or have had your head suction cupped and clamps put on it, these are the reasons that you have bleeding. 
And because of that, New York State Health Commissioner said, yeah, we have to put an amendment in the sanitary code. Get these babies vitamin K shots. But the vitamin K issue is caused by the interventions, the drugs, and the circumcision. And by the way, babies aren't born with a lot of vitamin K because uh, that's a natural thing that has to happen for there not to be additional problems during birth. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this when we come back from break. It's the exploitation of women by a largely patriarchal, piggish group of men that run these companies, including the hospitals with all these male doctors. You want to talk about patriarchy? Here's a great example of it. We'll be right back. From parahistory and the paranormal to the parapolitical and para-occult, you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium option. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have a Secret Teaching subscription, you can still keep that subscription. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today. I need it! If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana? Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir. Or if that's not enough, check out Good Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings, but most importantly, it supports you. Hello folks, this is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. I hope you find it enlightening. Even if you don't live in the state of New York, I hope that you understand the context to what I explained and described and showed you in the last segment. A study conducted from the University of New York, the State University of New York, Albany, looked at 34 deaths of babies and found that vitamin K was not given in 65% of those cases. And as a result of that, they believe these babies bled out. Now, there's a lot of irony in this, because if you read the study, it says 
2 to 5 or 2.5 to 5 newborns per 1,000 who are not given vitamin K develop clinically significant bleeding. Part of that, they say, can be stopped with the vitamin K shot because it causes the blood to coagulate. But the babies and the mothers are not born with, uh, the babies are not born, the mothers do not have a lot of that vitamin K uh, and they shouldn't have that vitamin K and the baby shouldn't be injected with it because it would slow down the birthing process. There needs to be just a teeny tiny to no vitamin K for the birthing process to go along as it naturally should. But all these scientists and all these doctors, all these people at the State University of New York said, well, we looked at these deaths and we found that some of them didn't have vitamin K. They admit in the study that there was absence of documentation, so they assumed a lot of the babies hadn't had vitamin K. First of all, they assumed. They assumed. Okay, They just interpreted it that there was no documentation. They interpreted it that they didn't have the vitamin K. Okay, They admit that. The second thing they admit is that the highest risk group is premature infants. So the conclusion of the study is we need an amendment to the state sanitary code to mandate vitamin K prophylaxis. And that is a title, what is that, section 12.3, New York law. They say, I think it's, I think it's, it's sanitary code. Um, precautions to be observed for the prevention of hemorrhagic d- uh, disease and coagulation disorders of the newborn and infants related to vitamin K deficiency. So once again, here's what you have. You have doctors and big pharmaceutical companies and Congress people and senators saying, we know better than God, we know, but we know better than nature. The body doesn't have a lot of vitamin K. Let's inject it with vitamin K because it needs the vitamin K. They don't look at the reason that there is bleeding in super rare cases. And that bleeding is caused by drugs It's caused by aggressive, dangerous interventions, and it's caused by circumcision. If you're in the hospital and you are not doing drugs, you do not have physical interventions, and you are not circumcising the child, you have no scientific, logical, etc. reason to give that baby a vitamin K shot. Now, this is not just in New York. This is all over the country. Not every state forces you to do this, but New York tries to force you to do it. And again, you can read the study where they just admit all this. Yeah, we, we assumed they didn't get the vitamin K shot. Most of the bleeding that happens is happening because of interventions and circumcision and drugs. And most of the times that it does happen, it's happening to premature babies. According to the CDC... The vitamin K shot, which they say is essential in preventing serious bleeding in newborns, well, most of that bleeding occurs in one out of 25,000 infants. One out of 25,000 infants. That's quite a lot of babies. Even though bleeding, according to the CDC, from low levels of vitamin K or VKDB does not occur often in the United States, it is devastating when it does occur. One out of every five babies with VKDB dies. Okay, so in other words, they're really stretching it here, right? The CDC and the pharmaceutical companies and the state of New York, they're saying of all the babies they looked at, 34 in the study, 65% was not, 65% of those babies did not have documentation that they had been given vitamin K, which means 35% died with vitamin K. 65% they couldn't document had gotten vitamin K. Most of them were premature 
and all of them, drugs, intervention, or circumcision. That's where the bleeding occurs. Drugs, intervention, and circumcision. These are all man-made problems. So the CDC says, making it even more ludicrous and ridiculous, this only happens to 1 in 25,000 kids, 1 in 25,000 babies. And when it does happen, when it's clinically severe, the CDC says only one out of five of those babies even dies. So it's basically a non-existent thing. It's basically something that you never, ever have to worry about. You could have 25,000 babies, okay? You could give birth to 25,000 kids, all right? And 25,000 kids later, you still don't have a kid who succumbed to the bleeding, despite the intervention, the circumcision, and the drugs. And they say, well, that's because we give them the vitamin K. No, it's because the body's really resilient, and it takes a lot to cause these problems. And what causes these problems are the drugs, the interventions, and the circumcision. It's a man-made problem. In fact, the bleeding of these infants in the hospital is equivalent to the train wreck in Ohio, one of many train wrecks in Ohio, where instead of cleaning it up and doing what is the right thing to do, they set it on fire. A man-made disaster. The drugs, the interventions, and the circumcisions are man-made disasters. And then guess who steps in to save the day? Dun-dun-dun-dun, Merck and company. Because Merck makes the aqua mephitin. I think that's how you pronounce it. Aquamephitin from Merck and Company is the vitamin K. And if you read it, you read the insert for the drug for the vitamin K, it's filled with a lot more than just some vitamins. Because that's what they asked us in the hospital. You don't want your kids to have vitamins? Literally, literally, I was asked, you know, I was asked that, so was my son's mom. You don't want your kids to have vitamins? So let me explain something to you, okay? Because this nurse was like 300 pounds. So she was, a, she was a big lady. It's like, you don't tell me about nutrition, all right? I don't care if you have excessive cortisol levels in your body. You don't tell me about nutrition, okay? I bet you can't even name the vitamins, okay? Unless they're food-colored and, and, and shaped like Flintstones, all right? So you don't get to tell me about vitamin K because I've actually read... The study from the university, the state university in Albany. I've actually read what the law is, and the law says you can't force me to do this. It's not scientifically sound. It's actually fundamentally anti-scientific. It's anti-human, and it's just downright evil. Guess who gets the biggest benefit out of this? Sure, the nurses and doctors feel like they're following the law, and they're following the policy, and they're doing the right thing. But you know who gets the money out of this? Merck thanks to the state Congress, state legislature of New York. And I brought them the insert for this vitamin K shot, and I read it to them. Even though they were talking over me, I just wanted to keep reading. Severe reactions, intramuscular administration. Typically, these severe reactions have resembled hypersensitivity, anaphylaxic, shock, cardiac, and or respiratory arrest. Therefore, intravenous and intramuscular routes should be restricted to those situations where the sub- uh, subcutaneous route is not feasible and the serious risk involved is considered justified. Okay, so I found in the study, in the study, in the law, the law that the study was used to justify, they want you to do an intramuscular 
administration. So the law says to do something that the company which sponsored the study and sponsored the law in their insert for the product says not to do. Intravenous and intramuscular routes should be restricted. (laughs) In other words, it only happens to 1 in 25,000 babies, and then it's only premature babies of one of those 25,000 premature babies, which is even more rare. And then it's only cases where there's been direct intervention where the skull has been damaged or the cranium has been damaged. It's only cases when there's been drugs. It's only cases when there's been circumcision that this happens. And even in those super duper extremely rare astronomical alignment type cases, then it's only one out of those five when it happens, one out of those five who actually die. And the CDC can kind of make a connection to the vitamin K, which the company Merck, You can imagine paid off Congress or paid off the state university. They get a kickback to create a a study that doesn't actually tell us anything except it's extremely rare and doesn't really happen so that they can pass a law so that Merck can have a mandate that they can wave around and say, you have to take our our drug. You have to take our, our vitamin K. Plus, it's synthetic vitamin K. It's not like real vitamin K. And they don't want you to do the dropper under the tongue. Why is that? Because there's other stuff in the vitamin K shot, and they want that in the body. Here's one of the things in the vitamin K shot. 1% of that vitamin K shot is benzyl alcohol. Benzyl alcohol is a preservative. And it is, of, of all things, couldn't imagine, of all things, you know what benzyl alcohol is toxic in particular to? Newborn babies. Oh, so this isn't just about making money, folks. These are evil psychotic demons that select an ingredient that is especially and particularly toxic to newborns, put it in a vitamin K shot and tells parents, they tell parents, hey, you don't like vitamins? You don't want to give your kids vitamins? We're going to call CPS. And then you point out like I did, actually, it's the benzyl alcohol. If you just have raw vitamin K, give them some vitamin K maybe, yeah. I'll put the droplets in their mouth. Oh no, we have to do it intramuscular. Well, It says on the insert, don't do it intramuscular. Well, that's not what the law says. Well, so the law is in violation of the recommendation of the company that paid to have the study done to have the law passed? This doesn't make any sense, folks. Don't put the benzyl alcohol in my my child. Allergic reactions, anaphylactic shock. These are just a couple of the things. And this is the uh, the actual insert (laughs) of the vitamin K shot. This is the actual insert of the shot. That's what the actual insert says. And the law and the study is based on money from the company. And they, do, and they, they still do the opposite of what the company said. And this, this was back in 1982, this, uh, this report from the CDC. Neonatal deaths associated with the use of what? Benzyl alcohol. They've known since 1982 that benzyl alcohol causes deaths in little tiny newborn babies, and yet that's the one specific thing they used as a preservative for the vitamin K shots. This is not an accident. These people are evil, evil psychos and demons. That's all that they are. Now listen, if you want to get out of the vitamin K shot, the hepatitis shot, uh, the eye droplets, uh, the newborn screening Uh, the blood spot test. You need to go to the state health department and you need to either call them repeatedly, email them repeatedly, 
I'm not talking about harassing people. I'm just you call them and email them repeatedly until you get the opt-out forms. Every state has them. They have to have legal ones for religious exemptions. They told us at the hospital, you can't opt out of the newborn screening. And I said, well, that's funny because I got something here from the health department. Let me see. Oh, religious exemption from the newborn screening. It looks like I can opt out. Oh, I guess if you have that, yeah, we can opt you out of that. No, you can't opt out of it. You have the ability to opt out of it. You have a right to opt out of it. That is your child, not the doctor's child, not the nurse's child, not the hospital's child, not the pharmaceutical industry's child, not the biotechnology company's child, not the state's child, not the governor's child, not the president's child, not Congress's child. That is your child, your child. That is your baby. And the father has just as much a say in that birthing process as the woman does. And usually, you know, guys, they might not want to participate, but the guys that do want to participate, they go in the room and the doctors say, get out, you're, 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 you're harassing, you're, you're bothering the woman. That's what they told me. And I tell you all the stuff my son's mom did to me and lied and manipulated me. So at the end of the conversation, I can also tell you that she saw value and agreed with me in regard to all this stuff and said, no, he's not bothering me. I want him in the room. And despite that, they kept coming. Oh, we got to, you got to get out of here. Get out. He's, he's, he's harassing you. He's doing this. He's doing that. No, these people are absolutely out of their minds. It's not that doctors and nurses are inherently evil. Okay. It's that they are good people, kind hearted people who are exploited during their education. These fields require a certain level of rationale suspension and a certain level of faith in scientific and corporate dogma. They are supporting and they are backing. They don't even know what the laws are. Oh, it's, just, it's the law. Well, what's the law? Quote the law. I've got a copy of the law. Here's a copy of the insert. You should be reading these things before you administer it. Oh, it's the law. They don't understand. They can't comprehend. New York's the worst place I've ever experienced this. They can't comprehend that an executive order from the governor is not a law. They can't comprehend that the insert that they're, that the, the, whatever it is they're going to inject into you says, don't do it this way. But then the law they think they know says to do it the way that the company that paid to get the law passed says not to do it. And they just, it's still the law. Okay, but there are opt-outs for this. Why aren't you telling people there are opt-outs? Because you work for the pharmaceutical companies. And it's the pharmaceutical companies and the drug companies and the medicine companies or whatever you want to call them, big pharma that are responsible for the drugs, the interventions, and the circumcisions that lead those babies to have those bleeding problems. And this is just vitamin K, but you can opt out of all these things. You got to call, you got to email, and in some cases you can, you're, you can luckily find, if you do research on the health department website for whatever state, Montana, Texas, whatever, not every state forces you to do this anyway. Like Arizona does not force you to do this. So you don't need to do that if you live here in Arizona. You should still be cautious of what the hospitals say, you know, as a, a prerequisite for coming in to have, have a birth. But you don't have to do the vitamin K stuff in, in, in Arizona. I don't think you have to do it in like Florida or, you know, states where they actually believe in uh, free choice. Uh, states like New York, states like California, they, yeah, they definitely want you to do that. But see, here's, here's the thing. You know, you might think, well, why would I want to opt out of the blood uh, blood spot screening for my child. They're just going to test for for diseases or genetic problems. Okay, well, uh, maybe that's what they are doing at the hospital, but here's the problem, and there have been lawsuits from Texas, California, all across the country, because what the companies, the, the, the hospitals do is they take this blood 
and they send it to the state laboratories. Now, they, they probably do test it, and they look for their little markers, and then they send you a report back. Great. If you do that, you can have a, 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 a formal form filled out, and you can send it to the state, and they have to legally send you a form back stating that they destroyed the sample, if you choose to do that. But that's not where the problem is. And the nurses and the doctors can't grasp this concept. They then sell that blood sample or those blood samples to the military. They sell it to pharmaceutical companies, etc., to experiment with. Okay? This is why GlaxoSmithKline purchased hundreds of millions of dollars of stock. Remember this? GlaxoSmithKline purchased all this stock in an ancestry DNA company. Why? GlaxoSmithKline and 23andMe signed an agreement to use and exchange genetic information so they could use it to test and experiment with new drugs and vaccines. Oh, so they're stealing the child's blood at the hospital in the name of doing genetic screening, and then they sell it to the military. They sell it to these big biotechnology facilities, laboratories, uh, companies, uh, 23 mean ancestry that have all these connect GlaxoSmithKline drug manufacturers. They buy stock in these companies so they can go in and get access to the genetic information. All of it is a scam. And there are lawsuits all over the country about this. Look it up if you don't believe me. Um, you know, the DNA, the blood samples stored in these big bio labs that have nothing to do with the state testing for you know disease. That's what they sell you on. Okay. And then once they get you, the blood goes God knows where. It's a business. It's a really deceptive business. And you have a right to opt out of it. And you have a right to not participate in it. And you have a right to be informed. It's as simple as that. You have a right to be informed. You have a right to opt out of it. And you have a right not to be bullied and harassed by people that work for big pharmaceutical companies that rely on lawyers and threats to force you to do things against your will because they say it's the right thing to do. Now, that brings us back to the issue of these abortion pills, right? That brings us back to the issue of uh, the, uh, the, uh, the U.S. District Judge who just suspended, temporarily suspended, the approval of Mifeprex or Mifeprestone, Mifeprestone uh, which is the same active ingredient in another drug called Coralim which is used for Cushing syndrome, which is where you have cortisol levels that are out of control. And the company that makes Mifeprex, Danco, sells that drug for abortions. They got it approved in the early 2000s. A few years later, Corcept Therapeutics. They only have one product. They make Coralim, same active ingredient as Danco's product. One is used for abortion. One is used for cortisol regulation. Okay? That pill from Corcept, Corcept, not Cordyceps, Corcept, is over $500 a pop. You go to Planned Parenthood, on average, it's about $580 a pop for the same. It's the same. It's basically the exact same pill. One's for Cushing's, one for, one's for abortion. Now, you can get the abortion ones cheaper because of all the subsidies. But here's, I think, is here's the issue. Companies like Corcept Therapeutics are now nervous because they make hundreds of millions off of this Cushing syndrome drug. And if Mifeprex is suspended because of illegal, unethical, immoral, etc. reasons of, in terms of its rubber-stamped approval, that could affect the drug's use elsewhere. And that's going to affect hundreds of millions of dollars in income for these companies. 
I also want you to think of this. This is probably the main core of tonight's show. The subject of abortion is not about my body, my choice. If you are arguing that it is about my body, my choice, you are an advocate for rape. If you are arguing it is my body, my choice, you are arguing that me as a man, because it's my body and my choice, it doesn't matter what the law is, it doesn't matter what's reasonable, rational, ethical, etc. It's my body, my choice. So if I choose to rape a woman, it's my body and my choice. Her body doesn't matter. If you argue my body, my choice, you are arguing, you are advocating for, you are promoting, you are supporting rape. This is a black hole of confusion and deceit. They tell you that it's men that want to control women's reproductive rights. And it is a bunch of weird conservative Christians that are totally psychotic. There are plenty of them. But the average conservative doesn't think that way. There are plenty of crazy, maybe a little bit more than the conservative crazies, but a little bit more crazy liberal left-wing nut jobs, wackos, crazy psychopaths that want to make this about Satanism and religion so they can justify killing babies as a religious right. There are plenty of them. There are women that get pregnant just to have abortions because it's a sacrament to the devil. That's not all the left-leaning people, though. So we end up with the mass majority of people that just argue the same standard rhetoric. My body, my choice. And the other side says, God wants you to have the baby. And it's just back and forth. This the same argument. It's a black hole of confusion and rhetoric. It's a dichotomy that is largely artificial. And what gets obscured in all of that is the fact that you go to the hospital. And on average, most women have drugs, interventions. And if it's a baby, that's a boy, they'll have a circumcision. It's like 70% still get circumcised. It's a crazy number. Drugs, intervention, and circumcision. In those cases, the husband or the boyfriend, even the the father for that matter, the mother, they are treated like second-class citizens because the doctors have stuff to do. So you need to get out of their way and stop harassing this woman that they're trying to save. Birth shouldn't be about saving somebody. Birth shouldn't be about having to implement all these interventions. That's what causes all these problems with the birth that they need, we need more drugs and we need surgery. They want to induce you because the water didn't break in time. It's not an emergency. It's just because your body hasn't done it yet, but they want to induce you because they have a bed there that could be filled with someone that they could be making more money from. They don't want to wait for you to go into labor. What about when they tell people you got to get a C-section? Who does a C-section benefit? It doesn't benefit the woman. In some super rare cases, yeah, it's necessary. But as a standard procedure, it's not necessary. They do it quick to get it over with. And they get money from that. And then guess what they get money from? They tell the woman, ah, oh, you got that nasty scar there in your stomach. Nobody's going to want to bang you again because you look gross. So how about a tummy tuck while we're in there? We can, t- we can tuck it real quick for you. We'll just tack that onto the bill. And then because you're kind of deformed and cut open and you know, uh, depressed because we've taken your baby away for hours and 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 hours. How about some antidepressants to go home? Because you're going to be really depressed about this. C-sections, tummy tucks, antidepressants, drugs that take away the pain. And of course, all the interventions. It makes these companies and these powerful, um, Powerful uh, medical uh, groups, a lot of money. That's what it's all about. So hands off my body, but give me a C-section, a tummy tuck, and pump me full of antidepressants. Hands off my body, but I'll take one of those abortion pills. I'll take some of those antidepressants. 
I'll take some surgery. Women are literally being used and exploited alongside of their husbands in some cases, both of which are threatened, terrorized, and harassed. And if they don't do exactly what they're told by pharmaceutical companies and interventionist medical professionals, that they will have CPS or police called on them. Women are literally being threatened by a largely male-dominated field who go in and they cut and they poke and they prod and they drug and they intervene. And they do it despite the will of the woman who's laying there. They do it despite the fact that she says, no drugs, I don't want to be cut, I want my husband in the room. Everybody's nervous and emotional. And a little demon psychos come in and they start controlling the situation and whispering in your ear, you're sleeping now, let us take the baby away. You want him removed from the room? He's really causing a problem asking about opt-out forms. We can remove him from the room if you'd like. Because you're in charge here. Well, yeah, well, I don't really want him removed from the room. Oh, but he should be removed. I thought I was in charge. Well, you are in charge, but we, we want to make you more in charge by getting him out of the room. Yeah, so you, so you can have more access to her, you rapist. That's what they are. And rape happens in a lot of ways. They're rapists. They're psychos. They're deranged from the social workers to the nurses to the doctors. Now, I have a lot of nurses that listen to this show. A lot of really good nurses that listen to this show. A lot of doctors that listen to this show. You know that I'm not saying that you're a bad person. You know that I'm not not criticizing you because you might actually be a good person. But when you're a good person in those fields, it's really hard to get along, isn't it? A lot of doctors and nurses figured it out with the mandates, didn't they? So it's not really my body, my choice. It's my body, your profit. You know, just like the, the vaccines and the myocarditis and pericarditis targeting the heart, targeting the reproductive system, big pharmaceutical companies, big biotechnology companies, big, powerful, rich elitists, the priestly class that want to rip your heart out and sacrifice your children all for profit, all for whatever gain they think that they're obtaining. My body, your profit. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what it's all about. And if you really are interested about the uh, abortion pill ban, uh, Mother Jones is a super left-wing publication, but they have a good article on the abortion pill secret money men. Uh, a private equity investor behind uh, Mifeprex and how they got it approved. There's another article from 2000 from the Orlando Sentinel and the Los Angeles Times, Secret Deals, Big Money and Abortion Politics. (laughs) It's all like a handful of women and largely a bunch of men that conspire and deceive and manipulate to get these drugs approved, and then they politic and make it about women's rights. It's not about women's rights It's about making these companies obscene amounts of profit. So screw big pharma, screw big biotechnology, screw big banks. I don't want your vaccines. I don't want your abortion pills. I don't want your genetically modified foods. I don't want your mRNA shots. I don't want your digital currency. I can think for myself and my audience can think for themselves. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. I hope that you enjoyed tonight's show and understood where uh, we went with the the subject matter tonight because that's what it's all about. It's about making a lot of money for a lot of really powerful people. It's about women having the right to choose until it comes time to give birth and it's a largely male-dominated field which was largely perfected on top of gynecology on black slave women uh, where they were tortured and abused and raped and all kinds of other things. 
that's where they perfected these methods that now they uh, they apply to you in a super deceptive uh, deceptive and manipulative way and then profit from it. It's disgusting. It's evil. It's absolutely evil. www.thesecretteachings.info Please go to our website if you're a subscriber, resubscribe, listen to the show for free. That helps to support us financially. Or go to aftermath.media and subscribe to my show and or Clyde Lewis's show in the premium subscription. You get that and a lot more. Aftermath.media rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. I'm sure I'll get a lot of emails after tonight's broadcast. I would love to know what you think. Don't be too sure, too certain you know what I think. But I'd like to know what you think. rdgable at yahoo.com. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable.